I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Songs Podcast, taping this on a Wednesday night. First timers in the house, first dual screen where we got the OC, we got the head coach, mm-hmm. high school football. We love high school football in this program, Tennessee, Georgia. I have Crossroots, Tennessee, Georgia line here, Parkview alumni, uh, myself, and uh, still cover high school football every Friday night, uh, wherever I'm at uh, during the season. But it's the off season for, for a lot of folks, and it's the off season for uh these two guys right here micah hughes head football coach at mount bethel christian academy along with offensive coordinator blake sims guys how's it going going well going good glad uh glad you uh brought us on on the show thank you for being here thank you for being here um what is the most exciting part about the off season for you guys is do you have a plan you just kind of like with no football on the table you're just kind of like we get is it kind of year one because i talked to different coaches about like how they organize their year right like some coaches do quadrants some coaches um just kind of see how the offseason is progressing and are more uh amicable to changing things depending on areas they see that pop up how do y'all attack the offseason and this time of year specifically this has been interesting because you know with us we're starting a brand new program so mm-hmm. this last year we we played kind of a modified schedule mm-hmm. um, creating a uh, you know and, and structuring this this brand new program so mm-hmm. uh, we're a really small school um, small private school. So uh, we share a lot of athletes. So okay. right now we're, you know, we have a lot of kids that are playing basketball um, mm. or they're in off season baseball um, or something like that. So they're kind of gearing up for their, their next sport. So it's kind of juggling that. And that's kind of uh, what we've been spending a lot of time talking about. Um, mm. I know coach Sims, if he can touch on it, he actually just sent a thing out today. They're, we're going to do some weekend uh, workouts and some things like that to try to get the kids, um, you know, involved. But that's been a new thing for me is just, um, not having as many kids in place. So mm-hmm. trying to figure out how we can, you know, not, not mess up their other sport, but also, also get them into the off season workouts and things like that as well. So what's your, when you're getting in numbers and stuff like that, obviously, cause they're playing multiple sports, you're sharing athletes, like you said, 
what where are you at numbers wise? Do you have an idea or do you have to wait until kind of what spring looks like and new kids coming in? How does that work for y'all? So for us, like for for so so this last season we had 25 kids, and that was mm. not having to use any like eighth graders or anything like that. We had 25 9 through 12th grade kids, which mm. was great for us. I mean, having a first year program, you know, coming down here not knowing anything as far as you know, this school had never had football. So I always said we're trying to turn non-football kids into football kids because yeah. the football kids wouldn't be going to school here. Mm. So I was trying to do that, and and so we had 25. I think we will surpass that, um, you know, tremendously this year. Um, you know, we've had some kids move in. We're having some kids who are continuously touring all the time. And we had a we had a, re- a really successful middle school season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we went 500 at the um, at our upper school on our upper mm-hmm. school, team, which that really kind of got us some momentum as far as getting the word out around town. Um, and so, um, you know, we should have a, a large growth here in the next uh, in the next year or so. So we're excited about that. What's the target plan when you're starting a school and a program from scratch? I mean, there are coaches who obviously jump into new situations and they want to put their stamp on things. But because it's so new, is it kind of, is it more challenging uh, starting out of the gate? Is it more exciting where you're kind of like, I get to completely build this program in the vision that I want to see it. I build the exact offense I want to build. Go uh, kind of you. It's kind of like in modern college football with the portal. Y'all are doing kind of the Dion uh, side of things where you're just you're just getting so many new kids and you're really starting from scratch. Is that kind of a cool, unique thing that you, you, you get to do right now? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been really neat. And that was honestly one of the things that intrigued me about the job Mm. was to be able to kind of to create your own product Mm. uh, and do it the way you want to do it. There was really, there's no foundation. There was, you Mm. have to create all of that. So um, from, you know, our, our social media to our, our logos to, um, you know what? I mean, just our uniforms and all of that stuff to be able to to kind of put your stamp, um, you know, as a as a coaching staff and and as a team to be able to do that. And then the new traditions, like starting new traditions, how you enter the field, how, you know, um, and when we just put down uh, before I got here, we put down a brand new turf field with mm-hmm. the Jumbotron. They've done a phenomenal job. Our administration's done a, an unbelievable job, you know, getting ready for this football program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been that's been tremendous. And so we really actually during the season put the bleachers in, brought the bleachers mm-hmm. in and and all of this type stuff. So creating that, um, you know, our, our our kids have no idea what a pregame looks like or what a walkthrough looks like. Or, you know, I mean, there was midway through the season, we were still having to fix kids shoulder pads and like, you know, I was like, man, you got your shoulder pads on backwards or, you know, <laughs> just different things like that. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to to do that. And then to see the growth of the kids. That's mm-hmm. been that's what's been the, the most rewarding for me is you got a kid who can't put a helmet on at the beginning of the year and then he's making some acrobatic catch, you know, uh, four or five months in. And you're just like, this is this is amazing to, to be able to see the growth and um, just the communities, what, what they poured into, you know, everything and just the excitement around it. Well, I love the stadium. I watched it. Is it Arrow? Is it just they Arrow sponsored Field. it? Okay. So you yeah, got that. Arrow Extermination. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of the, the primary sponsors. So um, so they they named that after after them. And we've got like again, it's it's I mean it's brand new state of the art turf. It's they got the 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 new the newest, nicest, like cool mm-hmm. beads, and uh we've got the the jumbotron, and then it's really nice. They've they've bricked um uh, or concreted outside of the stadium, which really makes it look really nice and so they've mm. done a phenomenal job as far as with the architecture and um, we're fixing to break ground uh january february on a 
about an $8.7 million uh, student center. Okay. Uh, that'll have brand new weight room. Um, it'll have, you know, um, uh, coaches offices, classrooms, all kinds of, of different things that are really, I think will, will add even more value to what we're doing and, and bring more interest into our program. I like it. Uh, how did you guys meet? How did you come together? How did you find uh, that this was going to be a good fit uh, to coach together? How did y'all cross paths, uh, you and Blake? It was for, for me, it was a really funny story. Um, mm -hmm. When I when I first took the job, um, I was talking to my assistant AD and he kept referencing Blake Sims. He kept saying, hey, you know, uh, Blake Sims is here and just kind of kept referencing the name. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my mind, I'm not thinking Blake Sims. Alabama, you know, former Alabama quarterback mm -hmm. or anything like that. I'm thinking some guy named Blake Sims. And he kept, you know, he was like, yeah, he's, you know, he he just kind of kept talking about him. So when we got off the phone, I kind of went into, which is crazy of me, but I kind of went in like on Twitter or Facebook and I just typed in Blake Sims and I kept mm -hmm. looking for anybody outside of, you know, Blake Sims. Mm -hmm. And so I finally texted him. I was like, okay, I said, who's this Blake Sims you're talking about? Yeah. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, and so he sent me the picture and I'm thinking, I, there was no way that I thought that. Um, but Blake actually, and I'll let him talk about it, but he, he works for the recreation department here at our mm. church at, at Mount Bethel church. And so as soon as I heard he, he was here, um, I immediately was, you know, was like, you know, I've got to, we, we've got to connect, we've got to, um, and then we built a relationship from there and, uh, it's been, uh, unbelievable. Um, I know for, for me personally, just to, to have him, you know, on this journey with me, it's been phenomenal. I love that. No, for sure. I mean, uh. I mean, we've been together for six months, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the way we have bond, uh, we took a trip to Alabama LSU game, mm -hmm. uh, driving the buses together, by like going to seven on sevens or going to regular games and just the communication and just seeing his view and where he wants to see Mount Bethel, you know, in, uh, in two years, three years or what, how many years it is. It just, uh, it speaks a lot. It speaks a lot. Me playing for Alabama and, Playing for Coach Saban, seeing how much he focuses on the small details and how detail-oriented he is, it makes me want to be a part of it because he's been in the coaching game way longer than me. So mm -hmm. at the same time, like you said, I could build a culture here at Mount Belter that can last forever. And I and at the same time, I'm doing it and I'm learning. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of things from him. Well, it's also you're a local kid. Like I watched you on GPB Friday nights. Like I was going to Parview games growing up. But I mean, you're a Gainesville kid. You have local ties. Um, how much has that helped? Just being able to be back home. And I mean, it's in Marietta, but everybody knows everybody in the greater Atlanta area. And um, there's just all kinds of great coaches, like a uh, friend of the pod, Sean Calhoun, down there at Colquitt. He's a Gwinnett County guy. Like everybody is just kind of knows everybody. It's kind of like a family. And I, I wonder for y'all, did you kind of get that welcoming? You're just like. Hey, I remember Blake Sims, obviously Deshaun Watson going to Gainesville too, and just that name and notoriety. I feel like that has to help in building a program, already having a lot of experience in high school football in Georgia. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I played at, before I went to Gainesville, I played at Cass High School, mm -hmm. Cartersville. So, and I was uh, the first team that beat Cartersville in the 30 years. So, really? Leaving that school, going to Gainesville and playing Cartersville again, the playoffs, that was pretty big, but also. Mm -hmm. Getting an opportunity to play against Alvin Kamara, yeah. playing against uh, Key and Drake, and uh, having them guys go to Alabama too—that kind of already built that relationship. And it kind of Coach Saban kind of knew that. Uh, well, it was Kirby; he would come to Georgia, he would come mm -hmm. to Georgia, and recruit everybody in Georgia. And um, he really got brought us together, and that brought that camaraderie with all with us three of wanting to go to Alabama. And when we went to the Elite Eleven or the ESPN Top 100 players. That gave us the 
for us to come together and go to other players and get guys. What has been the most rewarding part of coaching thus far for you, Blake? Um, the connection, the hmm. connection, connecting with the kids and knowing that all the, the, um, the levels of football that I have played and for God to bless me with the knowledge that he has blessed me with. And for me to tell a kid and understand, like I don't play for a bunch of, uh, a lot of great coaches. So, I can mm. remember times that they taught the little small things that they taught me within the game of football to where when I went out there and I tried it, I could see how I slew the game down for me. So when I have that same type of connection and know that I connected with that kid mm. and know that later in the life, he might be like Coach Sims taught me that, you know, and um, I was joking. I was uh, not joking about it, but I was speaking about it the other day. I kind of love how like when I'm around school and kids, when they recognize me, because when you know, when I'm at Alabama or I'm at the mall or something, somebody recognizes me, they go, oh, that's Blake Sims. Mm -hmm. Here, I love it because, you know, just retired. And every time they see me, they'd be like, Coach Sims. So I kind of <laughs> love hearing that Coach Sims and not Blake Sims. Not saying I don't love hearing it, but it's different. But it's a good feeling because it's a different phase in life. Yeah, you're just kind of you're excited about just turning the page. It's not you love that part of your career, but it's it's just kind of exciting. You're kind of reinventing yourself, and yes, you're at the beginning of reinventing yourself in your coaching career, and that's that's a fun place to be. Um, in terms of it's it's funny because obviously with how much football, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has changed since you were starring in Alabama, uh, Blake. How much did you have you pulled from your time at Alabama when you're constructing an offense y'all are getting together in meetings and trying to because so much of it is dependent on your personnel uh and I realized that with year to year and and especially like with transferring now in high school football is uh happening a whole lot more than it uh than it used to but when you're putting it together how much are you blending from your time and how much are you having to adapt just because of what uh, guys can do like even just under center stuff like you're just not really taught that anymore you're gonna be you're gonna be in the gun a lot most teams run 11 personnel most teams are doing some quick action some uh most run rpo stuff that kind of thing um how much has that has changed but how much have you still been able to go back to what you were doing uh years no, ago at bama uh i think that's what makes uh us different as mount bethel because mm. the way that we approach that whole situation when you leave us we want to know that you're prepared and you're ready and you're confident to go to mm -hmm. the next level, no matter which offense you're going in or what position that you're playing. Um, I take a lot of my offense from when I played at mm -hmm. the University of Alabama with uh, Lane. Mm -hmm. Lane Kiffin, because I, I kind of got an opportunity to study with uh, and see him play. And I, me as a quarterback, I was I could be in the pocket or I can run. So I was a dual mm -hmm. quarterback. So I, I kind of know how to pick with two different type of quarterbacks. And I also get the, got the opportunity to see Lane. And yeah. even when he had a powerful running back and when he had a speed running back. And um, the things he did with King and Drake, I mean, mm. it was unbelievable. So I take a lot of that and I, I'm, I'm putting the phase in. So I'm taking a little bit of the new school and bringing the old school and bringing it together. And I mean, I play for Nick Saban, man. We're going to let you know we're running the ball and, hey, you got to stop it. We're mm. going to hit you in your mouth and make you not want to play us ever again. Well, Micah, when you had your time at Boyd Buchanan, tell me a little bit about what you learned there. Um, obviously, a well-known powerhouse in East Tennessee and Chattanooga. Um, I don't know if uh, the good folks down there in, uh, in North Georgia are familiar with just how good Chattanooga football is right now. Oh, yeah. um, and I think it kind of just is one of those because y'all are new and because you're able to see. I, I know Coach Jones, uh, Brookwood, friend of the pod, he was at McCallie. 
uh, Baylor uh, this year. I saw on his Instagram that he was over there. And um, I think I would guess he's not the only high school coach from Georgia who made their way up, especially smaller school, private schools, because that's the best case scenario, right? Is you want to build something like that where the kids aren't, you don't have an abundance of resources in terms of kids and getting to that area, but private, there's just different limitations. It's just a different kind of situation. Is that something you've kind of taken to heart of like your time at Boyd Buchanan in that Chattanooga area of things that you want to implement at uh, Mount Bethel? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I actually started my coaching career at, at Baylor. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so I was, at, I was at Baylor for five years with Coach Massey. Uh-huh. Uh, brother was the uh, name was David Reynolds. He was the head strength conditioning coach there for, for uh, yeah. 20, 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, and so then he was there with, uh, but, but I started there with Coach Massey. Mm-hmm. And, and um, kind of worked my worked my way into North Georgia and then back in. But then the the um, I spent three at at Boyd Buchanan, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the first two were with Jeremy, a guy named Jeremy Boskin. And mm-hmm. honestly, Coach Boskin, I would not have been prepared for this head coaching job because he is a phenomenal builder of programs, mm-hmm. uh, and he taught me so much on how to come in and build relationships with players. Um, always have something going. We always have something going on. And what I mean by that is uh, with the parents, with whether it's, you know, we do like a mentors program, we're always doing something with the kids, always trying to more than football. It's more important than, you know, you know, outside of that. Mm. So we spend a lot of time doing those type things, culture building um, and really getting the kids involved. And then my last year, I was the assistant head coach at at Boyd under uh, Gary Rankin, Mm. um, which I mean, he coach Rankin is, um, he is as good a human being as I've ever been around. Hmm. Um, and I enjoyed coaching under him and for him. I mean, it, I can't, I couldn't speak enough about him. He's just, just the person he is. I mean, you can talk about his being a football coach all day long, but just the human being coach Rankin is, hmm. um, you know, I always say, you know, he's winning all those games cause he's just living right. I mean, he just does, <laughs> you know, he's just a unbelievable person from what I took from him was, you know, I mean, how to run a practice, mm. uh, just the efficiency behind everything that that he um, he does and how he runs his program and how he treats his coaches and how he treats his players. I mean, it was just um, a tremendous experience for me. And I knew, I mean, I would have stayed there forever, but I, I really wanted to be, um, you know, a, a head coach and uh, a head coach in a Christian school. Mm. Um, was my biggest thing with having young children um, and wanting to be, you know, so I, I made that jump. Um and so it's been a phenomenal experience for me. But but pulling my experience in Chattanooga and being at those, you know, being at a, a larger private school like Baylor and seeing how how the ins and outs work there to being at a smaller private school, um, you know, like Boyd. Um, and then even stepping into this where we're even smaller than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to structure and kind of pull those type things um, has really helped me um, to, 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 you know, kind of build this thing. What's the most important thing uh, that when you look to like, I need to have this in our culture, what is it for your program? People. Mm. I mean, we, I had, I had a saying and it was, it, I actually took it from coach Boskin and I think he took it from a, some kind of real estate mogul or something. It was people process and product. Mm. If you surround your yourself with good people and you have a specific process in place, the product mm. takes care of itself. So that's what I've, you know, again, like with Blake and, and we've had, a, we had a phenomenal coaching staff this year. We had, uh, like 12, 12 coaches, which again, when, when we started bringing in coaches, I know my administration was like, Lord, how many coaches are you going to have? And I said, but to do this thing the right way and to get these kids what they need, mm. you know, we've got to have these, these quality men around this program. And so that's been the biggest and most important thing for me is bringing in good people. 
Blake, did you always want to be a coach when you were playing? Were you kind of like picking Lane's brain as something that like, this could be something I want to do when my playing career wraps up, that I do want to invest in kids and kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of make that next jump and uh, be around the game in a different kind of way? Or was it something that came on later in like the last year or so for you? Well, I always knew, uh, I always knew I had a great connection with kids. Mm. I could deal with kids very well. But um, it was always in the back of my mind. It was always a plan B. I wanted mm. to do broadcast. I yeah. wanted to do broadcast first. I love uh, watching game day. Mm. Uh, I like how them boys joke around up there. I think I can go up there and do an amazing job. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. But uh, God always has your calling, right? Mm. So I feel like this is what my calling is, and... Last year was my first time. It was uh, I went through a lot of learning periods to mm. point to where I'm getting I'm getting upset with a kid, and I want to go in there and throw it myself because that's what I'm used to. Yeah, going there doing myself, but also learning that uh, you might have to bring yourself down sometimes to teach a kid because you might teach them the way that you learn, but mm. you don't understand how they learn. Yeah, and you might they might not see things that you what is the way that you see it. I like to ask. My kids all the time, do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's that communication that mm. builds confidence, you know, that builds character in all type of ways. And I want to know, do you understand what I'm saying? Because if I'm not explaining it into the way that you understand, then I'm not being the, the coach that I need to be to make you the best player in the nation. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you this. So I, I got to give me your best Lane Kiffin story while you were at Alabama and your best Nick Saban story while you're at Alabama? Uh, all right. Uh, my best Lane Kiffin. Okay. I like this one. Uh, so we was, uh, this is when we, this one Lane first came back to uh, Knoxville. Uh-huh. We first came back to Knoxville. So we all land. And one thing you always know, everybody's going to be by themselves, but Coach Saban, he has four security guards, right? Okay. Yeah, four security. So we get out the airplane, everything looks right. So we, you know, once we get to the uh, hotel, everybody settles in for a minute, and then we immediately go to the movies. Oh. So we're going to the movies, and we're just like, you know, when Nick comes out, Nick's the last person to come out. If you come out mm-hmm. after him, you're getting left. Yeah. You're in trouble. <laughs> so Nick gets on the bus, and we're still waiting. <laughs> we're still waiting. Next day, you know, we see flashlights coming from behind the bus, and here comes Lane with three security guards. And Nick and he gets on the bus, and Nick goes, "Hey, Lane, <laughs> this is my team. I just need you this year. That's why I gave you the security guards so the police won't get you." 
And so that's hilarious, us, man. And when he got on there, Nick was just giving him the business all the way <laughs> to the uh, all the way to the movie theater, man. And uh, my next one is uh, Miss Terry. It's a Miss mm-hmm. Terry story, right? Okay. So one time, uh, Miss Terry went out of town, and Coach Saver just kept saying Miss Terry because we, we all complain to Miss Terry when we feel like Coach Saver was being too mean, right? So there was an open door policy with Miss Terry. Yes. Oh, I mean, you know, some some players, you know, yeah. some players. It's whoever Quarterback's got to have an open door policy. Quarterback's got to have an open door policy. You know something, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, he was like, Miss Terry's going, I could be out here all night. So we we have 14 <laughs> periods, right? So we got mm-hmm. all the way to 10, and he started all the way over from stretch and scribe. It reminds you now, stretch and scribe is like conditioning. Mm-hmm. Some of us, you know? Like, yeah. So – he does it, and Miss Terry came back in town, and he and we was like, "Don't never leave again, please don't <laughs> ever leave again." Because we was out there, and he was, he was just like shaking the head, okay. Woo, mm. woo, woo. He came back to meetings and was like, "Y'all not going home? We have a meetings all the way to uh, eight thirty, and you better be at study hall at nine. And then, so after the uh, after the practice, he had called it up early. So when he called it up, we was just shook. That he was like, "I got word." I got word as I told him. And he was like, get on the line. And he ran us like crazy, man. He was like, I ain't scared of none of y'all. And y'all better hope I don't jump on y'all right now. I hope Miss Terry's here to pick me up off of <laughs> So that was that was that's my funny safe story, man. And I love that. The, the, the relationship of him and Miss Terry and mm-hmm. the way a lot of people don't know, man. Coach Saber, he's hard on that TV because he's a competitor, mm-hmm. but he, he's a even better father figure with all them all of us been away from our parents and he and he always said when he meets with any of us that the way that we came to Alabama we will always leave different and we will become a man I love that uh Micah when you look at kind of bring it back to Chattanooga for a second with Baylor and those games and obviously a state title game between Baylor and McCallie this year I think actually coach, coach Potter just switched roles uh yeah. with his coach yeah. like today yeah He's so that'll be interesting yeah yeah. Um, also, fun fact about Coach Potter, he has a, a interesting ritual. Like his favorite like snack was like he freezes some some yogurt, some nonfat yogurt, Greek yogurt, I think, and puts some uh, what was it? He puts like whipped cream and not chocolate syrup. I think chocolate chips and stuff like that's his like that was his thing. He he loves it. That's his main go to snack. But I never heard anyone who did that. But that's just a that's a Ralph Potter story. Hey, and the man doesn't lose football games. So, no, folks, I no. coach him. I mean, I'm just saying that's something that's worked for him, uh, McCallie for the Blue Tornadoes. But um, when you look at that, what do you want to bring to Mount Bethel from the your time in those kind of school dynamics? Is there anything specific that you'd like to for tradition for things that they did right to build the kind of uh football and also just personnel powerhouse where it's just good kids good recruiting ground good families and just a good culture it seems like uh from the outside in yeah no i mean it my my time at at both at both uh baylor um and uh, and boyd were phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, and, and really i mean the just the the way i i guess the importance of 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 football to a community Mm. Um, you know, it is the biggest thing. And, and that was one thing. And I was I had the the, the luxury of, you know, when, when I came to Boyd, Boyd had not been, um, you know, it was it had been like I think they had they'd gone maybe 0 and 20 or something like that. Mm. So when, I, when we when I came in with Coach Boskin, he had he had gotten that thing going and, and kind of had gotten it turned around 
to where it was moving in the right direction. I think they had like 12 kids at a spring practice, like his first year there. When, when I came in, the, the team was up around 68 kids and he had really gotten it moving back in the right direction. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, but even from what I heard in the pictures I saw, they were still 0 and 20 and mm. that they would pack the, the, the stadium out. Yeah. Um, and I can remember, uh, you know, being at, at, at Baylor and, and I remember I played at I played at a school called Saudi Daisy, uh, mm-hmm. Chattanooga. Um, and I can remember like uh, just the the stadium being full and and mm-hmm. you know I mean thousands of people and all that kind of stuff. And then you go to a smaller private school and you look around, and you're like, okay, this is a little different. There's not mm-hmm. as many people. You know, a lot of a lot of stadiums only have one sided bleachers. You know, they have yep. just bleachers on one side, and it's your the stadiums are smaller, and you're just kind of like, this is different. But yeah. I can remember like watching Baylor, how you know. In, and I know in year one, when I was just helping there um, to win, you know, we made it to, to two state championships, mm. uh, just the the growth of the people. And then what football did to that community, mm. um, you know, and, um, you know, and, and I know I hear coaches say all the time, you know, if your football season goes well, typically the, the, the rest of the school year goes well. Mm. Um, so bringing that here because here they've never had football, so they don't understand, you know, the traditions and the, the different. I mean, I know this year we did homecoming uh, centered around volleyball. Yeah, and the, the volleyball girls were upset because they were like, we don't want to do volleyball in our like, we don't want to be on the, the homecoming court in our volleyball uniforms. You know, like mm-hmm. we want to actually dress up and we want yeah. so we want it around football. And so, you know, and that's when the administration came out, hey, we got to do it. You know, we want to do it around football next year. And, and just the kids seeing those traditions as well. Um, but that was probably to me the biggest thing was. It's just that community aspect. And, and you know, Chattanooga still Chattanooga small enough to where, you know, you get into some of those. Uh, those schools and and um, it's amazing just to see the turnout of people that, that I mean I mean the Baylor Macaulay game I mean is yeah. unbelievable I mean I mean it I think it broke all records like for fin- you know for Finley and yeah it was crazy play. I mean yeah. it, it's it wild crazy. and and so to 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 see that and you know there's so many things that I'll take to my my athletic director or whatever and I'll say hey check this out you know this is something that that Baylor does or something that Macaulay does mm-hmm. or you know um, uh, I actually had we had Boyd Boyd play North Cobb Christian this year, and they mm-hmm. actually did their walkthrough at our place, which okay. was really cool. so I was able to you know let my AD meet me Coach Rankin and and then just kind of see how they did things. And I actually we we stopped practice that day. They were doing it uh, on a Friday, and we we were actually we we, we didn't play. I think we might have played on a Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. I took my kids out there and I said, look, I want you to watch how a walkthrough is supposed to happen. I want you to watch huh. a pregame meal. It was a great opportunity for my or for our kids to be able to to see that and to experience. Uh, what that looks like in and at that level. So, um, you know, we've been able to, to kind of piggyback off a lot of that type stuff. Who's going to be the natural rival? Because every high school, like Parvey's got Brookwood, Baylor's got Macaulay. Who's the natural rival over the next couple of years for Mount Bethel? You know, I'm and I'm still. It's funny. I'm still trying to learn the area. Yeah. Uh, uh, my wife originally is from Duluth, which is okay. which is a little, I guess, a little south of here. I'm, again, I'm yeah. still I'm still trying to learn the area. Um, where we are located is mm. we're we're around a bunch of large high schools. Yeah. Um, so like a Walton, like a mm-hmm. Pope, a Lassiter, mm. uh, Wheeler, Sprayberry. So we're like kind of in the center point between all yeah. of these high schools. Um, the Kennesaw area. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm. want I mean, maybe all, that's we you want, want them all. We want them all. Man. You want? I mean, North Cobb's pretty good. I, I you want to stay away from some? I, I just it, we, it's a slow build, Blake. It's a slow build. We're, y'all are going into year two here. Slow build, but what all I'm saying, mm-hmm. is, all we're saying is like we ain't ready for them right now, but we our our goal is to get there, and when we get there, we want to want everybody to know that we're here. I think this year that's one one thing 
was our goal is that we get our name out there because mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, alumni has came back and you know when they come to visit their teachers or when they come back and come back home and just visit period and mm-hmm. i have met them they all saying man i think i think that's an amazing job that y'all got a football team now because i would have played and then you got a lot of people that's yeah. not too that wish they had a, that mount belter have a football team but they couldn't play now they want their kid to be a part of mm-hmm. it they couldn't so that's another way we building that culture we're getting our name out there and you know when they start hearing about these players coming then now you now you got people talking and then that's when we show up because we ain't hiding baby <laughs> we ain't hiding micah blake is blake is ready blake is ready uh, to I, I, uh, I the, the, the hardest thing for me is keeping him out i teach pe here and then mm. my pe class <laughs> okay he gets those kids riled up he'll get in there and he'll get them i can see up. it i mean it's you know and we go we go way off course i'm like yeah get out of here man so <laughs> oh i just love it too uh, y'all start getting right. that's for sure yeah, and you're going to have some recruits co- or uh, coaches coming in. They're like, "Wait, Blake? Is that Blake?" Sim-? And you got somebody like, "All right, we got to we got to be in our p's and q's here. We got Blake Sims uh, roaming the sidelines with these kids. Like, you got to be careful with how you come in and recruit Mount Bethel kids." Same way. I mean, we're just trying to build a culture here, man, mm-hmm. and a mentality that like come in willing to if you, if you just got here, come in willing to buy in, mm-hmm. buy in, and enjoy the process. Be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm. Um, buy into the team, team first, you second. Yeah, you know, uh, build that culture with our young guys. Uh, we got a wide receiver named Asher, mm. young quarterback named Hayes. We got a running back named Wesley. Uh, we got Fletcher coming back. We got a good, uh, good kid, uh, a good amount of kids that's coming back that learned a lot of football last year that will continue learning football. I think the biggest part for me of the office of being the offensive coordinator was. At the beginning, a kid didn't know what double two by two formation was. Mm. But then they know where it is, and then now we in the half. They know where it is by the mid mid season. Mm. And then when we get to our last game, they're like, "Coach, I see why you keep telling me to curl it right there on that out mm. route, or why you ask me to go to his outside shoulder when I'm on my release because I see where the hose is, where I'm supposed to be, and where my area is. That speaks a lot. That gives me." That's what gets me riled up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and them kids want to go out there. Cause we had kids putting on their game jersey over their practice jersey. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they just don't know. They, they just don't they know. don't know. Yeah. But when we get to the end of the season and we when we used to coming in there like, get your jerseys on, it's time to go out there. And then when we get out there, we think we got to get on y'all to get on the field. Y'all already ready to go. And now we're looking like a football team. And then you look in the stands, we get more and more fans, and then you get the kids out there. It makes you wish that we had a longer season, but we're trying to build that culture, man. We're trying to build the Alabamas, the Georgias. We're trying to have Nick come here. We're trying to have Kirby. Okay. We're to have Mario. We, we just, hey, I'm we not just hearing hype. I haven't heard any coach hype there in that in that list there, Blake. I mean, he's hype not invited. He's more than welcome anytime he wants to come here. Yeah, like we can get hype in that. <laughs> coach mean, Halsey. They're look, good people. Fast <laughs> offense, fun <laughs> offense. We can do it. Just know our baseball coach is a mm. great guy, and he doesn't mind any coach laying the helicopter right there. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I love it. Um, final thing. You know I'm going to ask you about this, Blake. Talk to me. Tennessee, what do you like about the trajectory of Tennessee, and what uh, do you make of – I mean, Tennessee was up 27 at the half uh, against Alabama. Bama obviously making the final four here. What do you make of what uh, – because we have a lot of Tennessee folks who listen to this very program – 
Um, what have you seen from Hypel's crew? And would you have enjoyed playing in Hypel's kind of uh, kind of just receivers being far out in the hash marks and stuff like that? Would it have been harder to play in that kind of scheme or would it have been easier to play in that kind of scheme? Um, I think it would be kind of more easier because hmm. of the type of offense that they have now. Because I think – so when I was getting recruited, I, I committed to Tennessee. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's when Lane Kiffin was the head coach there. Yeah. They had a uh, loss by the field goal mm-hmm. by Alabama. Terrence Cody. Yes. And so, uh, well, right before Lane announced on ESPN that he was leaving, he called me and told me he was leaving. Mm-hmm. You no, know, kind of wanted me to go to USC, but I ended up calling Nick and, you know, the, the rest is history. But uh, I think that coach is doing a great job. I think his win, <clears throat> his win from last year, mm-hmm. it, it kind of hurt me to say that. <laughs> But his win from last year, uh, I think it shows what he done, what he's doing with the program mm. and uh, what he's doing with the play and, the, and the, the caliber of players that he's bringing to the program and what he's trying to do for the community and the fan base. Um, uh, being going to one of their games this year, seeing the things, how they're connecting with the fans and bringing the old players back. I've seen a couple of times uh, Alvin Kamara came back, A.J. Johnson, he came back. I Eric Berry? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, so that's been, I think that's very big for the community because the the community loves when ex players come back and mm. be a part and be hands on with the uh, the fan base and um, the offense they doing. Man, I just love it because you get the ball quick out your hand. Uh, you got a running back that's very flashy, and you have some wide receivers that can catch the deep ball and also get yards at the catch. So I think coach is doing a great job, and man, keep stacking on it. But don't get too good because we still got any saving and we need we need our winning record over there. Hey, look, I, I can't tell you I'm going to be cheering for the Alabama Crimson Tide, but I like you, Blake. I, I'll be cheering for you. You know what's cool, though, is there's just not when uh, we can end here, y'all. I just think, uh, Micah, Blake, like this is a cool situation for you guys to be in. And I think uh, a lot like just so many programs. It's, it's just so unique where there's already so many schools that are there's the process of building a football program from scratch is just it's not you just don't see it every day and it's something that um is a totally different kind of experience and you don't like i just can only imagine kind of the excitement of look i am the first coach i am putting my state like everything that i do is setting the setting the stage for years and years down the line like every decision that you guys make and building this thing out is going to permeate many many years down the line and i just think it's such a unique unique situation and uh i think you guys are the guys for the job so uh good luck to you both i think you're going to do great and i'm excited to see what uh, mount bethel looks like uh going into year two here full schedule though next year right are we getting a full schedule yeah okay i save like this it. video save this video because it's going to be worth something later on now <laughs> okay i got you man <laughs> Micah, Blake doesn't have a confidence issue. Man, Blake, no doubt. No, the man <laughs> does not have a confidence issue. I like it. But you got to have that kind of personality to play quarterback at the University of Alabama. I don't know you can go in there scared. You got to you gotta believe you. Well, you got the whole world against you. You got to have some confidence. You got to yeah. have a purpose before somebody has an opinion, man. Exactly. Well, you don't have to have everybody against you. The CFP committee doesn't seem to be against Alabama. Oh, no, uh, no. <laughs> I see you love your Florida State people. I see you love your Florida State people, man. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, I love it. Micah, how do the good folks in North Georgia listen to this and the folks over the Marietta area, how do they support your program uh, this winter going into 2024? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's been phenomenal. Um, just the um, 
you were asking about the support. No, how do they support going forward? What can the good folks, fans, people in the area, how do they support uh, Mount Bethel? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they if they'll go on and follow us on on Instagram and um, and Twitter, we really try to push that uh, mm. big time through there. Um, and uh, that's something where um, you know we we try to highlight our kids, we try to highlight our program, um, and um, you know we. Um, we, we do that. And then anybody that knows anybody who's, who's wanting to play football, they're more than welcome to send in an inquiry about coming to school here. Uh, we'd yep. love that. So that would be, that would be tremendous. There you go. Do it. Marietta. It's a great, it's a booming area. Kennesaw. Oh, I mean, it's great. Stay away from Walton for a little bit, guys. Don't, <laughs> don't let Blake talk you into Walton, Micah. Let's stay away from that. We're good right now. We're good right now. Yeah, we're, we're good right now. Micah, Blake, thank you so much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. We'll have to check back in again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>